Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I love getting a joke, making it funny, and then just absolutely wrecking it in the ground. Because then it gets even funnier. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 28th of September, the year of our Lord 2000. Mojo lady. All right, hear me tonight is number one the charts, a classic. I remember every word. Uh, Madonna, music, that great album. If you ignore the awful American Pie cover, is number one in the UK album charts. Me, myself, and Irene is number one in the UK box office. A weird comedy film that's very Moorish. It is. It's a. It's actually a, a good film. It, it it holds up well. I think. I like yeah. it. A bit of Jim Carrey nonsense in it. Yeah, I think Jim did a good Carrey job for this film. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Destruction Derby Raw, the third video game of a pretty average series, is released. Did you ever play the Destruction Derby games? I did, and I'm. Oh, I'm. I didn't massively get into them. I didn't. I don't know what it is because I don't mind. Like as, as I've got older, I do quite like the games that are more destructive. But when I was a kid, I didn't get into the demolition derby ones. But from what I know from yourself and stuff that I've, Matt McMuscles has said, like they, it's a it's a genre. I think Cadicarus talked about it as well. It's a genre that has just gone off the cliff edge. Uh, over it started off well and just every every one that followed, every iteration that came out, it just got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment of Destruction Derby? Well, this was the last one they did before trying out on the PSP and failing. So I think you and several million people agree with that. Yeah. I mean, how, what else can you do with it? You know. Did oh, it sell more? Time, did it sell more copies? Did it sell more copies than Little Mermaid Two Pinball Frenzy? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the discussion about that. Like, but why? Why I, a pinball game? I stand by it. Why? Why pinball friends? I don't get it. I don't. I want. I want Matt McMuscles. Can you do a what happened on Little Mermaid Two Pinball Frenzy? <laughs> That'll make my day. Dis- Disney released a pinball game on one of their franchises, which was the style at the time. <laughs> they, they and they called it Little Mermaid Two Pinball Frenzy. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> 
Uh, Jimmy Jim Jim went up to Walt Disney, who was still alive at the time, and says, I want to do a pinball game because pinball games are great. And then Walt Disney said, okay, put Little Mermaid in it. And it cuts the, what you've just said is the dumbest thing that's ever been said in human civilization. And I hope God may have mercy on your soul. And to top off a fantastic week of uh, stuff, the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas oh. gets released on VHS. Tom, does this count as a dodgy Disney sequel? Now, um, I I think it think it's not a Disney film though, is it? It's Universal Pictures, so no, no it doesn't. It. Oh, oh, it's 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 shite. It's it's Stephen Baldwin's finest hour outside <laughs> of Dark Cloud, but um, it's it's not a good time. Uh, there's been a thingy, Sally Solomon from Third Rock, <laughs> lowering herself to this nonsense. Yeah. Hang on, John Goodman doesn't want to reprise his role as Fred Flintstone. All right, get Look the at... guy from the full monitor. <laughs> oh, God, it was Officer Boyle from the Thin Blue Line as Fred Flintstone. Savio yeah. Vega as Fred Flintstone. <laughs> that would have gone down much better. What a weird cast, though, right? Uh, Jane Krakowski from 30 Rock. Kristen Johnson from Third Rock from the Sun and Stephen Baldwin, the brother <laughs> of the oh. guy from 30 Rock. And it's, it's and it's set in Bedrock. Yeah, the Flintstones in 30 Rock Vegas. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh it's 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 flipping awful. It's flipping awful. Alan Cummings in it though. And and I've and I've always liked Alan Cummings. Oh, I love Alan Cummings. What does he play? Um, he plays the baddie, if I remember correctly. Oh, um, I'm going to quickly do a little... Yeah, he plays the great... Oh, no, I I, I talk out of my bottom because no. he plays the great gazoo. He voices the great oh, gazoo. Oh, God, the great gazoo's in that one. He... <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's how good it was. He plays the great gazoo. I don't know who I was thinking of. Mal Blanc's in it, though, but it's archive footage, according to Wikipedia. Oh. And and everyone's just and I I just like the the, the trope that is like Flintstones movies with everybody's surname being either Rock or Stone. We have to watch the WWE Flintstones crossover at some point. You and I. I, I tell you, <laughs> me and my friend, we sat down. I was like, oh, the Scooby Doo W This is gonna be stupid Doo, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> And within 10 seconds of watching it, my friend was laughing non-ironically as <laughs> oh, The Miz no. was jogging. And his mantra was, who's awesome? I'm awesome. Who's awesome? I'm awesome. <laughs> and he went, hoo, hoo, hoo. And I went, ha, ha, you laughed at the Scooby-Doo film. He went, no, I don't. <laughs> you better not do You never tell anybody that in a podcast years later. Well, now they know. Oh, now sorry. Th- now they know. Fun fact from Viva Rock Vegas. Viva, Viva Rock Vegas, he says as he's looking at the cast. Um, oh, star- starring as a ring toss girl, a pre-super famous Kristen Stewart, who went on to be in the Twilight movies. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Hannah and Barbera are in it as well. That's weird, isn't it? And Joan Collins as Pearl what? Slag. As Pearl, Pearl Slag. <laughs> Pearl Slag. Slag Hoople. <laughs> Pearl Slag. <laughs> Joan, Joan Collins is being cast as Slag Hoople. <laughs> they know what I they're know doing. That. They know I what they're know doing. That was a thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god, I wasn't ready for that. I'm like, oh, we're still talking about this Flintstones film? Pearl slag. <laughs> <laughs> it's the part she was born to play. <laughs> you know, slag, the rock. Oh, I get it. Yeah, whatever, mate. Of course it is. Wink, wink. <laughs> Sorry, Joan. Love your books. Oh, come on. That's Jackie, um, Coll- That's Jackie Collins I'm thinking of in <laughs> Oh, that... <laughs> Christ! Jackie Collins, Joan Collins. Smackdown review. <laughs> it's all right, mate. You'll feel it in the air tonight. Oh, it's Phil Collins. It's Phil Collins. You know what? That's segue. <laughs> there was all the stuff happening in the real world. Something, something. It's a Smackdown called Holy Classic Review with Matthew and Tom. How you doing, mate? Hello, mate. <laughs> Do you know what's nice? Do you know what's nice? <laughs> that mate? intro. That intro. And hearing you laugh. Oh. Because since we <laughs> last got together to talk about SmackDown from Off Off the Past, I- I'm sure you will talk about it, but you've had a bloody horrible week. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Sorry, it's nice hearing you smile. Myself. Thank you, Tom. Now, you know what? It's It's been a weird week. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bridge this because I'm sure some people who, and there are some who listen to this and what, follow me on Twitch, everything, I'm sick of hearing it. So, uh, AW copyright struck my account, uh, along with a bunch of other people's accounts and their own, which, again, it's neither here nor there. Uh, I tweeted about it because, hey, it's uh, pretty important because that meant I had two strikes, seven videos down, and it's like, okay, cool. The the ship is sinking. I'm there for bucket, trying to get rid of stuff. But it's like, uh, it might be the end. And AW DM'd me going, hey, calm down, calm down. Like, sorry, we'll have a look at it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> or AW like, Scousers. Hey, hey, hey Matthew, hey. calm down, calm down. It's all right, pal. And uh, they they did. They did the absolute best. They retracted the, uh, the copyright strikes. But YouTube is having none of it. Uh, despite the fact they sent me an email last night saying, we've retracted them a second time. It's uh, We've done everything we can. It's like, I know, I know. And I put a statement out on Facebook. It's like, look, I know. AW done have been brilliant. They couldn't have done more. But YouTube's YouTube. Uh, they changed the rules like Austin versus Dude Love from 98. So even though they've been retracted, even though even AW have come, hey, it's cool. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, YouTube doesn't care. The strikes are still there. The videos are down. And the account could do- go down at any minute. So... It's weird because, all right, that's just that's a YouTube channel. That kind of sucks because I've had many different YouTube channels. But this is the longest lasting and most successful one in terms of numbers. So it would suck if it were left. But it's not the end of the world. But I felt most bad because AEW were being so helpful and so lovely in the DMs and doing everything they could to fix this problem. And because of my tweets, everyone on Twitter was like, those dirty AEW, but right, that's it. Devon, get the tables, the shotgun, and the blowtorches. We're going to burn down Daly's Palace. I'm like, no, 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 guys, guys. I'm very sorry for not tweeting eloquently. Uh, I was also under weather from some food poison, so I really wasn't in the right mind for it. So outside of checking DMs, while Rome is burning, I was playing Final Fantasy IX with my dressing <laughs> gown on and a hot, water, a hot water bottle shoved down my pants. And so then I was like, check on Twitter. It goes, oh, that, that got a lot of tweets. Oh, Christ. Um, so yes, uh, I'm sorry again to the AW social media people and everybody else who was like trying to help. And I'm sorry for like getting a mob incited. It wasn't my intention to get everyone riled up. But then again, with great power comes great responsibility. And I clearly forget on a regular occasion that I have a lot of people following me. 
and sadly that means a lot of people listening to everything I say. Uh, probably more than I listen to myself. So things to learn there, but everything seems to be okay now because thanks to the 24-hour news cycle, I'm sure there's something else that's horrible that's replaced it. Oh yeah, it's it moves. The nice thing is about news online, it does move very quickly. I don't think as any ill will. I think it did very much. It did kind of look like it was AEW's fault, but as it panned out, it, it wasn't. And it pans out that they were being very lovely and supportive of you, yeah. and that's that's good to hear because well, there was a concern for a while that AEW might be taking itself too seriously. And consequently, not allowing you to show when they make mistakes. And that would kind of, that would fly in the face, I think, of a lot of statements they stand for, you know. And it, and it would make it very difficult for me to cash that Tony Khan check on a week. Not impossible, mm-hmm. just a bit difficult. Uh, but I'm glad that all worked out. And you were, and all that plus you were poorly as well. <laughs> like, what a oh, time. I was in no mood. I rang, oh, I rang you the day, the day, the morning of your channel going down. I rang you. Just say, are you all right? And mate, I, I, I very nearly like I was, I was very close just to coming round and just leaving stuff at your door because I was just like, are you all right? You didn't sound in a good way at all, and I thought it's probably best I don't because you might be asleep. <laughs> oh bless you, pal. No, I'm, I'm glad you didn't make all the journey there because I would have been a horrible host. Right, <laughs> what, what can I get you? Do you want phlegm? Well, I, well, I couldn't. Have, I can't come in till next week anyway. I've got phlegm. <laughs> I would have had to stand outside. Yes, exactly. Next so. week, all that changes, though, because the world... COVID is gone, and everything is back to normal. COVID is packing its bags on Sunday at 11.59pm, because cinemas are open. We can go back inside in pubs, back inside in restaurants. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We can stay overnight at places. Mate, next... I'm off next week. I just so ha- It just so happened that I booked next week off. No podcast next week, by the way. Bit of admin. Um, I booked next week off. And then they said, oh, next week, all the things are opening up. So uh, I'm so excited. Like, Alex and I are going to a spa next week. And um, I'm so... The fact that it's just been so full on for so long. And the, the chance of not only getting away, but me and Alex getting away and going to one of our favorite places like in in the area it it almost brings me to tears i'm very excited i'm very Mm. happy to be just just getting away from everything it's really exciting and then we can go like and and live relatively normal lives again it's been a long time coming in it we could do the podcast together soon yeah crazy to think isn't it imagine me being sat next to you right now hey it's gonna be emotional when we meet up i went nowhere to look <laughs> you don't want to know where to look. <laughs> it will, it'll come across as rude if I'm just like casually looking through Twitter whilst we're doing this. It's great to see you, Matt. Matt. Two seconds, Matt. Yeah, I'm so emotional. Wait, oh, someone, someone just sent me a message. Look at it, it's a cat falling off a table. Uh, so, how are you doing, Matthew? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty accurate. When actually. do you leave? <laughs> That is that is very very accurate, very accurate. Anyway, look, people aren't here to hear us talking about stuff. They want the the the, the lowdown, not not the tag team, the all the details, the, the the deep rigors of every single episode of SmackDown from its inception all the way to its modern day throwback. By the way, 
Throwback Smackdown. Okay? I'm just going to hmm. put this on the record. <laughs> I think I've, I've had some time to think about my... where as, as, a, as essentially a throwback Smackdown production that we hmm. are, I think it's right for us to weigh in on what throwback Smackdown was last week. And... I have pondered it, I've pontificated it, and I've realised, yeah, that was a lot of bollocks, wasn't it? That was, I was so, I, they had a great opportunity to, and do you know what, what it does actually is, it, it shows exactly where WWE's head at, head is at as a company, right? Unfortunately, it is a sign that fans like you and I, Maf, we're not, we're not the demographic anymore. We're not the big, and I'll tell you why I believe this. If WWE was still catering to those long suffering fans like you and I, long serving fans like you and I, hmm. we'd have had a proper SmackDown fist, not just a CGI thing. We'd have had the old theme music. We'd have had graphics that actually were from SmackDown. Hmm. We'd have had more references to classic SmackDown tropes. But instead, we got this CGI fist for a bit. We got, like, golden era WWE logo. We had 80s NWA style match graphics. And Michael Cole dressed like Michael Cole from No Mercy. And it was such a hot mess. It didn't know... what, And, and it's because they are catering to not... Uh, not an old episode of SmackDown. They're catering to this old sort of ideal of what wrestling used to look like. Stereotypical 80s wrestling. So they teased us with the idea of a throwback SmackDown. But what they really gave us was, uh, old. it looks like old wrestling. Hi. And, it's, and it just shows that it's more geared towards trying to attract new fans rather than super serving the old fans. And it annoys me because it was a great opportunity to super serve the old fans for a change. We're happy just to kind of let you pander to people who want to just pop in for a bit and go away again we'd have liked a bit of you know a bit of lip service we'd liked a bit of fan service we'd have liked the fist or the smackdown rings the oval i know you can't do much in the in the area that you're in but come on you've got you've got the fist you could have you could have driven the fist up to the to the to, watch, to the yinglings to the yingling you could have driven the fist up there popped a big fist you could have fisted all the way up <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just saying I would like I would have liked to fist during Smackdown <clears throat> so yeah that's my that's my I'll get off my soapbox now that's what I think on on Smackdown thank, thank, thank you uh, Pearl Slag um, <laughs> I, I agree with many of the things you said I actually appreciated Michael Cole dressing up as how he did in No Mercy but you're right it, it's the same issue I had with NXT in your house from last year where they did, hey, it's old looking stuff. It's got the filters that everyone likes. But the filters made it look like the 80s. It was so washed out and uh, pale looking. I'm like, that's not what... What do people think VHS was back in the day? Was it just like, <laughs> oh God, how did we cope with this ancient technology? I'm like, it didn't look like that. It was actually pretty all right. <laughs> I know obviously, yes, DVDs and Blu-rays and everything else now... Uh, blew it away but the idea that we were looking at these things going well it looks like crap son but it's the best thing we have is complete <laughs> nonsense no the colors weren't washed out this is supposed to be a 
a third generation knockoff tape, uh, which they probably weren't going for. And they did similar stuff here in SmackDown. Wow, let's go back to the crazy world of 1999. And it looked like, you know, the match graphics and everything looked like we're going to see, you know, Ali versus Frazier. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Do you, do you even remember what 99 looked like? So, yeah, I think this was just a very quick non-event. You know, it was promoted as, was promoted as being bigger than it was. Here's some classic clips. Uh, Teddy Long is weird because I remember Teddy Long being fantastic. As just a GM on SmackDown, on ECW. And now he's just become this weird, daft old punchline. Like, that's mm. right. All I did was create tag matches and go one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. And that was it. Oh, and also have the best wedding ever. Like, that's all he did. I'm like, no, he was a very respectful and appreciative uh, GM. He was very it good at his role. Kind of feels like a creepypasta where a human being has become a gif. Yeah. He's that's... become the I didn't do it kid. Yeah. Go on, Teddy, has. do you like... No, I, I, I did lots of stuff on... I used to manage Doom. Uh, Such a say good it. manager. Say either tag team match or Undertaker. It's like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially when that gets mocked, when half the stuff on Raw is... Wow, it's a singles match, but two people have interfered. Good gravy. What are we going to do after the break? <laughs> hey, you sat down, ladies and gentlemen. You'll never believe it. <laughs> so, so yeah, just a non-event. Uh, obviously, yeah, I think we should talk about it because we do the classic Cultaholic Smackdown review. Mm -hmm. uh, there was nothing classic or reviewy or Cultaholic about it. <laughs> exactly. But yay, Roman Reigns. And boo, um, everything else, especially the Daniel Bryan stuff, which I'm appears to be real. We are getting Cesaro and Roman Reigns tomorrow, though, mm -hmm. at WrestleMania Backlash, which, I, hey, look, I'm happy to see Cesaro in the mix for the Universal title. I am not sad about that. I think potentially they could have an A-plus match. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think Cesaro could reduce Roman Reigns to rubble. <laughs> Betty Rubble, played by Jane Krakowski. <laughs> All right, Pearl Slag, let's crack on with <laughs> Let's crack Sorry, on. Tom. Let's get. <laughs> what was happening in the world? Oh, Pearl Slag, you got all the news, haven't you? When we go to the. <laughs> Pearl Slag, clearly I remember pricking on the boy. Um... Let's go to Davy Smelter. <laughs> Davy Smelting Yard. Yes, no, there we go. That's no. the pun. David Meltstone, what are you doing oh, here? That's, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the one, isn't it? It's 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 it can't be too good. It can't be too clever. Yeah. It's got to be quite crap. So he'd be Dave Meltstone. I've got the Wrestling Observer slate to read from <laughs> for this particular week. He was up all night carving it using a pelican. Who every so Wait. often would look at the camera and go, "It's a living." <laughs> That's Brian Alvarez representing his <laughs> Brian Adamite. Brian Alvarock. Oh. <laughs> it's got to be a bit crap. Yours are too good. Yeah. Brian Alvarock. Um, David Meltstone and Brian Alvarock. What are you doing here? Uh, right. So, drink some water. So, we're going to get into this week's episode of SmackDown in just a bit. Uh, Matthew is going to talk us through it. Uh, but I'm going to give you a little a little sort of state of the wrestling industry for this week before we get started. Uh, WCW News. Uh, they're planning a tour in November of England. It will become their final UK tour before it all goes very, very wrong. Ticket sales aren't... Well, they're a mixed bag. At the moment, at time of recording, they are doing a show in London. 
which has sold uh, just 2,000 shy of capacity for Nitro. They're doing a Nitro in London. Uh, they have a show in Newcastle the day after, the 11th of November, uh, that has sold 3,500 tickets in a 9,900-seat venue. I believe this would have been what was probably then known as the Telewest Arena. Yeah, must have been. Uh, the home of five-star wrestling that time. <laughs> Uh, so basically, so what this shows is that the Nitro is doing all right. All the house show shows they're doing uh, are struggling. There's a show in Birmingham a few days after that that sold 4,200 tickets in a venue that seats 11,000. I think that might be the NEC, possibly the NIA. Uh, yes, yeah, so normally WCW's uh, a lot. Of, a lot of times with American companies, the the, the international business is always really good. Uh, with WWE, that is especially the case. Whenever they're having a crap, you know, when they're having a really bad year, the WWE, because they come to the UK loads because they know they make dollar or pound when they come over here. Uh, WCW do something similar, but they very much burned people on their last UK tour, which we talked about at length. Uh, it featured uh, a, a main event of one show, I believe the show in Liverpool. Uh, which was the which featured the Marmalukes versus the Harris twins and a, a run in from a darts player. It's it's and and there, there's been a there, to the point where I think we talked about this at the time. WCW appeared on Watchdog, which was a <laughs> a TV show dedicated to, to to companies that are breaking trade description act and and taking customers for a ride. People wrote into Watchdog to investigate WCW's UK tour because it basically didn't deliver what it promised <laughs> that's a that's a sorry state of affairs so yeah uh the place where they'd hoped to make lots of money it's not looking great right now uh diamond dallas page wants out of wcw he's asked for his release this week brad siegel says i don't want to give you a release uh, vince russo has said ddp uh i want you to stay but you're only going to stay to put the younger guys over ddp's like nah mate i want to do loads more and uh, we might be seeing him on the way out. Um, before we get, to, before we touch on DDP, I forgot to ask you this, Matthew. Uh, WCW UK shows. Have you ever been to one? No, I I wouldn't have even been aware that they were coming. Uh, okay. Uh, to the UK at this point, it shows what I know. I'm not even sure they've advertised on TNT, or I was just dumb. <laughs> Possibly a mixture of the two. Dumb C dub. Uh, dub C dub. I like the fact that they did run the Telly West Arena. Apparently, the final result would be 5,709. I'm glad they rounded up to the nearest nine. Uh, for main event with Booker T versus Scott Steiner, who probably were on the posters, unlike yes. the last time they were there when they had Bret Hart and Goldberg and Kevin Nash in the main events with the Mama Lukes versus the Harris Brothers. <laughs> that is a, is, is a tough old time. Uh, DDP... PTC did nothing wrong. Oh, sorry, wrong complete. <laughs> DDP won it out from WCW. Do we think the page has more to give at this point? Of course he does, doesn't he? He does. Um, I had never heard that before. Uh, page wanted out because he seemed to have huge guaranteed. Oh no, wait. I'm talking about he like cashed in his uh. <laughs> his guaranteed contract to go wrestle for WF when he had the opportunity to. So yeah, that sounds like TDP. Yeah. He was one of, well, yeah, when those um when those to be bought got bought by WWF, they had all these we'll talk about that next year, but yeah, there were these big long yeah. contracts and Diamond Dallas Page was one of the very few that, that bought their way out of it to to get on telly for the WWF and uh that went well. Um one more thing from WCW. Welcome to the Nitro Grill and let's get ready to party. 
Welcome to the Nitro Grill. I haven't seen the menu yet, but I hope there's something that has my name or likeness on it somewhere. Big sexy Kevin Nash. Sting, just for your information, there is the Stinger Lima Bean Casserole on the menu. Kevin Eubanks from the Tonight Show Band. This place is going to do nothing but get bigger and better. The Nitro Grill is open, and it's hot. We're sure it's going to be a good time. And watch Monday night on the Tonight Show and see some great wrestling. The Nitro Grill is closing its doors this particular week in the year of our Lord 2000. The Nitro Grill is closing down. I'm amazed it lasted till this point. Yeah, I'm like, what? The Nitro Grill's been opened. You, you, oh, wow. you haven't even heard of the Nitro Grill? Oh, no, I've heard of it. I just realized at this point in time, it was still open. Yeah. Ste a steakhouse that opened in 1999 <laughs> at the Excalibur Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. If you can't make money from a steakhouse in Las Vegas, <laughs> there's, something's gone very, very wrong. I want to test you. I want to celebrate the Nitro Grill. Which of these are real Nitro Grill dishes? Okay, so which of these are real food that you can order from the Nitro Grill? Diamond Dallas Burger. Are you going to read them all out or do I have to no, get No, tell uh, me that one, real or not? I'm going to. No, because Diamond Dallas Steak sounds like a better pun. It does. But it's not what they went with. That's a real food on the That's menu. That's crap, Tom. <laughs> Booker T Bone. Oh, yes. Please, yes. That one is real, mate. Yes, okay, great. That's a pun. Cripple across face cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please be true. Yes. That one's true. <laughs> <laughs> Superplex salmon fillet. <laughs> salmon fillet? No. That one's true. Oh, <laughs> okay. And <laughs> finally, <laughs> Jimmy Hart's pasta. Yeah, it has to be. That was real. Yeah, because it's crap. <laughs> you wouldn't come up with something that crap. I'm utterly delighted. <laughs> this is a menu. They started writing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and they finished at 3 a.m. <laughs> that's a 3 a.m. one. Jimmy, what's, we, need, we need to call this pasta dish something before we go home. Jimmy Hart's pasta. That'll do. Yeah. We'll be done in a year anyway. I mean, <laughs> they missed out. So they 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 missed some really easy goals with that. They could have they could have called it "Eat Your Carbs Out, Rick Springfield." Ah, uh, <laughs> big big sexy's Kevin Mash. <laughs> I wish there was Kevin. I looked for Kevin Mash. You can't order Kevin Mash. I'm so, I'm so sad. The menu's crap. It's it's so lazy. I'm glad it's shutting down. Oh, yeah. You know what? They they wrote Booker T Bone and went off. Oh, that we we are the smartest. 
cool as fun. <laughs> this will be a breeze. And then like an hour and a half later, after three cigarettes, like I'm, I'm done. Jimmy, Jimmy Hart's pasta. pasta. <laughs> what a menu. What a dream. Um, WWF news. Bulldog wants to come back, but there's no plans to bring him back. I want my contract. But you had your contract. <laughs> Do you call that a contract? Oh, he's 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 not he's better than he's he's better that he's but he's still not great. Um, so we'll see we'll see you in a couple of years, Dave. Uh, oh. Billy Gunn is off to Memphis to get his timing and conditioning back before making his return to WWF television. He's expected back at TV this week, but may only get used in a dark match. Just to check on where he's at. A Billy Gunn return is on the cards, Matthew. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a coincidence! Around the same time. There's a mystery angle about who ran over Stone Cold. Mm, maybe Steve it was Austin. William Gunn. Yeah, Steve Austin is gunning for Billy. Oh, that would make too much sense to do that. So they probably won't. Uh, Bob Holly's scheduled return from a broken forearm is early November. Tory set to return from shoulder surgery in mid to late November as well. Oh, they could have been the people who hit it's really hard to drive a car when you've got a bad shoulder or a, a, a moonsaulted arm mm, maybe that was it maybe Bob holly's Holly like is it. this where i come in and then like <laughs> i'd like to think some rookie parking lot attendant was trying to tell hardcore holly like uh mr hardcore holly you can't go shut up greenhorn and then just drove <laughs> through the gate anyway and accidentally hit austin he's like oh oh god oh god <laughs> don't let those hardcore holly balloons pop out the back it'll give it all away he goes, how do you like me now? Oh, Christ, it's Steve Austin. <laughs> drive, drive, drive. <laughs> is he there Hi, by the way, my name is Taz. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Taz. Just drive. <laughs> my name's definitely Taz. <laughs> that would have been a great payoff. Um, so, before we get to SmackDown, uh, there was a Sunday night heat taping before this particular episode of SmackDown. I'll give you some notes oh. from this. Uh, Dean Malenko uh, beat Taka Michinoku. Uh, they went to the finish early because Taka suffered a separated shoulder. Uh, they had to actually hold the entire show up for 15 minutes so they could get Taka out of the ring on a stretcher. Uh, it turns out he was all right, but it was a really touch and go when he hit the ground. Uh, it, l- it looked like it was bad, so hence why they stopped the show to get him out there safely. Uh, but he's all right; he'll be fine. Thank goodness. Oh. <laughs> That's a relief. Uh, Eddie Guerrero beat Road Dog. Uh, no China at ringside. Uh, the idea is that Eddie Guerrero could get a heel reaction without China there, so they had China hold back so Eddie Guerrero could get booed a bit more. And we saw uh, Stephen Regal in action, now called William Regal. I'm presuming because of Stephen Richards. They don't want two Stevens on the show. Uh, Crash, he beat Crash in pretty solid fashion. Uh, Crash is now just Crash, no longer Crash Holly. They've decided they don't want to link him with Bob Holly when Holly comes back. So they're just going to take away his surname. And uh, so that was Sunday Night Heat. The in-ring return of William Regal. And uh, an injury to Takamishinoku. So that's up to date with everything that went down. Before SmackDown, what happened during SmackDown? Over to Matthew Gregory to find out. Yeah. I mean, if you hear from Takamichi Noka at the time, he goes, how are you feeling? He goes, oh, I'm in pain, but not as much pain as I was when I read the Nitro Grill menu. <laughs> I could really do with some Jimmy Hart's pasta. 
like just the shoulder <laughs> pain will leave me. But the thought of someone writing down Jimmy Hart's pasta with not even attempted a pun will stay with me for weeks. <laughs> Thank you, Takamichi Noku. Now over live to Mafu for this computer. <laughs> yeah. Austin is here to find out who ran him out. Steve, it's Steve Blackman. Shane told you last Sunday, well, you, you silly Billy. Solution, yeah. done. He was right there. Uh, we get clips of Austin walking around, acting hard, and slapping people around with his little hat on. <laughs> with his little hat on. I think it's the hat that makes it. <laughs> Steve Austin's coming. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe he's in an all right mood. Is he wearing his little hat? <laughs> yes. Oh, God, let's run. Is he wearing a jumper that says, I shot JR? <laughs> Oh no, Austin with the little hat and the no fat chicks t-shirt. Oh, that's it. I'm leaving. Sloppy Steve Austin. Sloppy Steve Austin. <laughs> but The Rock is here. And to prove he's better than Austin, he has the Doom Door SFX video package music again. Yes. We get clips... I love that it was me and uh, Matt Muscles on here one time. It was like, yes, the Doom Door sound effect. And Matt, yes, I know what that is. And Tom's like, I kind of know what that is. <laughs> hang on, let me hang out and figure out what's happening. Yes, the Doom Door SFX video package. Clips of Rock versus Benoit from Raw with Shane at ringside because he's not face anymore. But was he ever really? <laughs> That's true. Benoit accidentally hitting Shane with a chair which brings out the big Steph and also Triple H to check on each other. Benoit gets bounced into Triple H, so he bonks him. So Benoit heads right into the rock bottom as a result. So Benoit and Triple H now have issues. Oh, Kurt Angle then shows up, who has issues with everybody. But then Benoit turns around and headbutts Steph. And Angle looks surprised, but not that bothered and heads off. JR is befuddled by this course of action from Angle, but Kurt has simply realised that Steph wasn't going to put out. So, eh. <laughs> Whatever. What every sane man does, just headbutt. Oh no, Steph, that person who led me on for months. Oh, well, take care. It's some aspirin. There's, it, it puts me in mind of... Um, do you remember the sketch show Snuffbox? Starring no. Matt Berry and... Um, Bob Fossil from the Mighty Boosh. His name's no. out of my head. They, they did this one sketch where Matt Berry would play like this gentleman who comes to like, the aid of a woman, whether she's like, she's like there's one, there's one where this woman was moving out and he was, uh, he was helping. He, she was struggling with some boxes and he said, Oh, do you mind if I help you? And he picks up her fish tank and she's, they're chatting away going, Oh, I'm moving out today. She's like, yeah, I'm moving out. Oh, it's a, tough to be moving out on your own. And they're chatting away. And she says, oh, no, no, my, my boyfriend's helping me. And as soon as she says boyfriend, he just throws this fish tank into the road. <laughs> and it's a series of sketches where Matt Berry's just playing this really lovely gentleman. And the moment that the woman says my boyfriend, he smashes whatever he's carrying. He just storms up. It's And I just kind of weirdly picture that with Kurt Angle. Yeah. <laughs> now he knows Steph's not interested. Sod it, bang. Yeah. Oh my God, you've been headbutted by Benoit. 
you'd better ha- let Triple H know so he can do something about it. <laughs> yeah, I I'm going to the Nitro more. Grill. <laughs> to have some Jimmy Hart's pasta. Oh, no, it should. <laughs> I drove all the way here from Pittsburgh. <laughs> which is where this episode of Smackdown is from. Witty woo. Witty wee, witty woo. <laughs> Pittsburgh is a place. We start with Commissioner Foley. He comes out with a lovely reception. He says, I know a lot of you weren't alive when I used to be a wrestler. Crowd pops to say, yeah, we remember you, dum-dum. <laughs> Foley brings up Hell in a Cell when his career nearly ended. Right here in Pittsburgh, PA. And the crowd cheers as if to say, yay, you nearly died here. Yay. <laughs> now Foley is trying to be the best ex-wrestler he can be and prepare for the storm, known as Steve Austin. Foley respects Austin's commitment to investigating, but there's ways about doing things, as Mick Foley is now the angry commissioner in a cop film. Damn it, Lieutenant Stokehold. I've got the mayor up my ass because you keep on giving stunners to just Joe. <laughs> For the last time, I know he deserves it, but you need to fill out a form. Foley says if Austin wants to go around giving out random acts of violence, then he should go work for the post office. And that gets a oof pop from the crowd who usually love Foley because that's an old reference. That's a tired, worn-out reference, rather like Flintstones, Viva Las Vegas at this point. I had to go check. Was there a random act of violence in the post office in America? No. (laughs) Foley's just old. Foley tells Austin that he needs to play by his rules, or else. Because remember, whenever Steve Austin is around, there needs to be an authority figure to mess with. Also, he needs access to a time machine and a tiny hat. Uh, For some reason, this brings out Chris Benoit. Benoit wants The Rock again, as he had him beat on Raw, he had him beat at uh, Fully Loaded, he had him beat at No Mercy Unforgiven, whichever whichever these B-level pay-per-views around this time, um, because Benoit's better than him. But it's not about how good you are in the WWF, is it? Because if it was about being just good, Mick Foley, you would have been retired way earlier. And I don't remember Benoit being that good on the mic, to be honest with you. Uh, Benoit wants The Rock tonight in a crazy stipulation. Are you ready, Mick Foley? I want The Rock tonight in a one-on-one match with no one else outside the ring apart from the referee. No Shane, no Steph, no Angle, no Crumpet, no nothing. <laughs> Benoit says, says he wants that match or else. And here's local lad Angle to go, or else what, Jamaican? <laughs> Sorry. Kurt Angle thinks Foley is doing a great job as commissioner. I think Lawler quickly reminds us that Kurt Angle currently has a concussion. (laughs) Kurt Angle wants Triple H, regardless of his ribs, which are still at DDP levels of pain, so he can please this area, his area. And the crowd cheers and goes, yeah, that's right, Angle's from Pittsburgh. And then he waits a second, he goes, because let's face it, Pittsburgh has nothing else going on. (laughs) And he insults the Steelers. And the pop is amazing. Because there's a brief bit of silence when the crowd registers. What's he just... Oh! (laughs) Boo! And I think half the crowd gave themselves whiplash on that one. (laughs) Amazing. Yay! Angled the... Oh, boo! (laughs) 
There was uh, there was a great bit because he was because the the crowd love him, no matter how much of an arsehole he's being. The crowd love him, and uh, and he and he mentions some of the teams and like you say, there's that turn. And I think is it when he mentions the ice hockey team? Is it the Penguins? Um, and, yeah, I think that's right. And, and he goes, they're they're not too bad actually. And the crowd roar, yes, he's back with us. But no one cares about hockey. Oh. <laughs> And they go, that's a fair point, well made. They're desperate to cheer him. They're desperate to cheer him. And they, it just, he, he gets so a good. cheer. He turns on them and then he turns back and they cheer again. <laughs> it's so great. This, these non-cynical, non-TV trope reading fans in the 2000s where he could literally just go, I'm the best. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Your football team sucks. Boo, you're the worst. <laughs> but the hockey team's great. You're the best again. <laughs> and they eat it up. He's so good. When a crowd wants to cheer Kurt Angle, like they're gonna cheer Kurt Angle when they when they want on, yeah. and even when they hate him, they still love him. Like he's it, it, he he's kept on doing impossible. It. Oh god, yeah. Pittsburgh, I think... Pittsburgh sucks. That's not true. That's not true. Jesus Christ was a good guy. Yay, we like Jesus as well. I I could make him tap out. Why would you say something that sacrilegious? He did that in 05, didn't he? He did that at Unforgiven 2005. Yeah, I was say. He did a promo where, where he said, like, if I could make one person tap out, it'd be Jesus. And the crowd are like, yeah. yay! Yeah. <laughs> But that's it. No, you should keep them doing one bad thing and then one good thing to see how how loud they can keep on cheering with... before they realise. Play chant tennis with himself. <laughs> They're doing the yay boo spot from One Night Stand, but with promos. Absolutely brilliant. Burgers suck. Boo! I prefer cheeseburgers. Yeah, oh, that's a fair point, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else they do in Pittsburgh apart from... Apart from get confusing reactions to hockey. <laughs> but Angle says, despite all that, he's the hero these people need. In fact, many of them are on day release just to be here. Good <laughs> <laughs> Angle says Benoit blew a title shot, but way worse than that, he hit Steph. Steph is Vince's daughter, and he's also Angle's friend. Angle says if he's the best wrestler in the business, Benoit, then where's your gold medals? Oh, that's right. You don't have any. <laughs> he's such an ass. It's amazing. So Mick Foley makes it uh, Kurt Angle and Benoit versus The Rock and Triple H. And even though Foley had a few weird points with his completely outdated references. Hey, does anyone see that new Flintstones move? Oh, it's straight to video. Oh, I wonder that guy gave it for me for $5. Um, apart from that, Benoit was very good in the mic here because everything he says is true. And Kurt Angle is probably the best thing in the company. What did you think, Tom? I loved it. It was a great opener. Kurt Angle getting a monster pop. Um, and there are lots and lots to love in this. Um, the Benoit, I think the Benoit wanting a wrestling match and it, and the, the way, the, the tone in which he took with it, I really like the whole idea of it's wrestling's all bollocks. I'm a pure wrestler. I want a wrestling match. I know, shock horror drama. That was great. Angle's just gold. Angle's just unstoppable at this point, and it's not even his final form. And just a really, a really nice opening promo. Um, the Steve Austin bit at the beginning. I wanted to mention this. I think I don't know if we've had it yet. Um, obviously, you mentioned that we saw him arriving, but there's the bit where I it might be next. So I might have got this out of order. Um, where Austin walks in and he asks like two guys from like the admin department, "Do you know where X Park and Road Dog are?" And they go, "Yeah, yeah, they're up there." 
And Austin goes, oh, and storms off. And then he sees two referees. He goes, do you guys know where X-Pac and Road Dog are? Like, how did you forget from the admin guys 30 seconds before? <laughs> to, to they're going, hey, refs, do you know where they are? Either, it's either he's, he's getting a bit old and getting a bit forgetful, or he takes don't trust anybody very, very seriously, even to the point of asking for directions and not believing them. <laughs> but the opening promo I loved. Very yeah. cool. I didn't even notice that because I was too busy typing out Steve Austin's tiny hat. <laughs> but that segues into the next bit, which is Austin walking backstage looking for Xbox and Road Dog. This is the bit. This is the bit. I was. I did it out of order. I apologize. No, that that's fine. More of it. This, this is as exciting as Austin gets in this episode, has to be said. Uh, he finds them together. And Road Dog doesn't know anything about what happened, but obviously he goes yeah yeah we were told by triple h to go and get you to hang out that one area but we didn't know you were gonna get hit by a car he was just following orders and no one says anything about the nazis and neither will we austin says if he hears different he's gonna do something about his cornrows and uh that's it because he's billy big bollocks but never mind that why are dog and xbox together again i was gonna say this why are they mates all of a sudden i i didn't yeah. this, this this was weird they, they're they not friends. They had a big fallout at SummerSlam. They've been doing their own yeah. separate things. One's a good guy, one's a bad guy. Weird to put them together for this for the purpose of this segment. It's almost like there's an X-Men writer, I believe it's Chris Claremont, I think I've got that name right, who was famous because he would do a great run on X-Men, then he'd leave, and then someone else would write for a bit, and then he'd come back. Chris would just disregard everything else that the other person had written and carry on from when he'd previously written it, no matter what had happened. And I think it's like Austin's like, right, I'll go and uh, DX will be backstage. And it's like, DX? Yeah, you know, DX, but he going, Road Dog, X Park. I'm like, um, Rick Rude, if he's around. No, no, he's not. Um, hmm. They're not really together. Oh, let's put them together. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's just do this segment and then never mention it again. All right. That works. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Seems strange. Lita is here with her brand new spanking WF Volume 5 music theme. The one that sounds like Benoit and Austin's theme because Jim Johnston could really half-arse it if he wanted to. <laughs> some days he is... Right, some days Jim Johnston is Booker T-Bone. Some other days <laughs> Not he's again. Jimmy Hart's pasta. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> He really is, though. Like, Jim, like Jim Johnson gets a lot of praise, and rightly so. He's made some of the best wrestling theme songs ever. But, boy, if he's not asked, he's not asked. Yeah. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. There, there we go. That could have been five different themes. I always remember when he talked about writing Vader's theme. Yes. And how he said, I wanted to do something that matched his footsteps. And I was like, and now when I hear that music, it's like, yeah. yeah, you've got to got that sort of Imperial March-esque rhythm as Vader's coming out. And it's when he's on, he's on. When he's off, it's just like, oh, just, just, just give him that. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Again, could be anyone. Yes. Uh, and then Jimmy Hart's here to say, Oh, Daddy! Make sure you put my pasta in the in the <laughs> in the bin in the ma- <laughs> in the mouth and then pauses <laughs> of the south. <laughs> no, put put the pasta up your ass. <laughs> oh, is that what that was supposed to mean? No. Oh no. Just... 
<laughs> oh no, I've never thought of it like that before. I've just equated the mouth of the South as being the ass for this one segment. <laughs> Don't put it in the ear. <laughs> Damn it. Eat your ass out, Rick Springfield. <laughs> I don't even know him that well. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. It's hard. I can't really do a Jimmy Hart impression. It's just high pitch. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Hart, baby. That's, that doesn't even <laughs> sound like him. Yeah, it's a <laughs> Memphis. he's a Memphis <laughs> dude, <laughs> so that's baby daddy. Like, <laughs> daddy, baby. <laughs> baby, baby, daddy. Pastor. Hulkamania, daddy, baby. Daddy, daddy, baby. Baby, baby, run wild. Oh, wait, that's, that's, that's Toy Shivani. <laughs> Why is that, Matthew? Oh, because one time Arn Anderson was picked up by Tony Schiavone from the airport and Tony Schiavone had one of those Fred Flintstone cars with the floor cut out because him and his seven kids had more power than the actual car engine <laughs> to get home. And then that's when Arn Anderson famously said, Tony, you've got enough cum in you to shampoo a buffalo. Oh, my God. I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Sorry. Woolly mammoth. Because that's both, where they were going. Both pretty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> And then Tony look, it's Sting! If that's not a Botchamania outro, I'll be very upset. Shivoni, Tony Shivoni, he's the greatest, this is the greatest night in the history of our sports. From the... Town of Atlanta, Hardcore Holly hits Steve Austin with his car. And the guy's like, no, no, that's not true. No, stop, stop, stop. Cut. Tony, recording podcast up till three, then has Jimmy Hart's pasta for his tea. <laughs> Tony had enough of the resting and worked at Starbucks. Because he watched Nitro and didn't give her really. So Lita is here to defend her women's title. <laughs> but before that, she introduces the new tag champions, the Hardys. Yay! And there is a big Pittsburgh pop for the Hardys. And apparently there was a ladder match on Raw with the Hardys mm. retaining against ENC. They did a cage match on Sunday and a ladder match on Monday. Grafters. Those poor beat up gets. Underrated little classic that ladder match. Not the best, not the best they've ever done, but it's a fun forgotten ladder match. That suck if they're coming in for work and they're like, "All right, we're gonna take it easy tonight." Yeah, just a promo ladder match. Oh, for f- all right, great. Cheers. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jackie is here to take on Lead, and she's accompanied by ENC. Nice continuity here with ENC aligned with the only non Terry and non Cat woman in wrestling right now in WF uh, because Terry and Cat of course stuck in their best of infinity series this match ain't great as Lita takes nearly every bump the wrong way managing to <laughs> fall on her face every time like there's a magnet attached to the floor <laughs> uh, but she just managed to nail the moonsault but then Christian lands an elbow on Lita while the Harleys are brawling on the outside Lita recovers and gets an awful looking twist of fate to retain Lita deserves all her success and achievements about being a trendsetter and having a hell of a run, but I am not going to sit here and act like she was coordinated. <laughs> no. Um, she, she's such a strange uh, person to watch wrestle. And she's talked about we've talked about it and she's talked about it as well. Like just this weird crumple physics on Lita that makes it look like she's never in control, but from what we hear, she always was. Because I mean she had a neck injury. 
quite late in her career, but overall, she she got away scot free. Yeah. Overall, what do you think of the match? I thought it was fine. I thought it was short and sweet. I think it's nice to see the the women's championship getting some love. Jacqueline just kind of continues to be whatever the WWF need her to be because there is a lack of depth in that women's division. You've unfortunately got this one great worker in Jackie and not much else around there yet. And consequently, Jackie kind of floats between face and heels and nothing really sticks in terms of a, a conducive storyline for Jacqueline. Because mm. I think like if you'd really... like there, there, there are points where they get behind her as a face or a heel, but I think there was... I wonder whether, whether Jackie's turned face and heel more times than the big show, but we just haven't noticed. Yeah. Mm. Bless her. But she's, a she's, uh, she's one of the people who's like, she's always on call when they need her for stuff. Mm. She's Oh, yeah. She, and she's, like I said, she'll, she's a, a Swiss Army wrestler. wrestler. Yes. She'll go wherever she needs to go and she'll do whatever she needs to do. That's right. When she's wrestling Trish Stratus, she'll beat the hell out of Trish. Mm-hmm. And when she's wrestling Lita, she'll beat the hell out of Lita. Yeah, she's very versatile, that Jackie. <laughs> she's waffly versatile. Hmm. Uh, the Rock, Mick Foley, and China all pose for photos promoting literacy. Apparently, it's the number one best-selling poster in all of America. How would they even decide that? I, or whatever. Well, it's, so what they've said is it's the number one selling poster with the campaign, which is from the American Library. Oh, I missed that. Oh, I forgot all these these incredibly long, convoluted titles they give things. Because the only other posters would have presumably been a poster of William Shakespeare saying, "Read a book, you nerd." Or, a, or like a picture of Einstein, maybe a map of the world would have been another poster. Um, probably some lines from a Charles Dickens book. And yeah. then the WWF wrestlers. So, you know, at the height of sort of the the Attitude Era, of course you're going to get mm. your kids, hey, look, wrestlers read. So you read that book, Jimmy, or you're not having your, you're not having your Jimmy Hart's pasta. Yeah. Fred Flintstone going, read a book. Don't mind if I yabba dabba do. <laughs> read a slate. <laughs> Don't read a slate. What's the rock rock doing here? Oh. <laughs> I hope there's a bit in that film where the film and that straight to Blu-ray thing where they're like, the rock, what a stupid name. <laughs> How unrealistic can you get? <laughs> Oh, hello, Pearl Slag. Hello. <laughs> Didn't see you there. Anyway, Mick Foley's book will make you want to read. Rock's book will make you want to forget how to read. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, this brings up Road Dog versus Steve Blackman for the hardcore title. With Road Dog's censored intro. Yay. Remember that mm. later on. We'll come back to it. Trash cans get smashed over people's heads. Uh, they brawl on the crowd with Blackman giving Dog a flapjack into the arena sign. And this goes on for a while with just brawling, brawling, going around stuff and hitting stuff. And the crowd going, yeah, Road Dog! Until Austin appears again and chair shots Dog to help Blackman win. And then Austin immediately makes a phone call and it's never mentioned again. <laughs> that was weird. That almost felt like, um, like a random event uh, during a, a WWF video game. Like it would just be like it when Steve Steve Austin very much acted like Steve Blackman's summon from Final Fantasy. (laughs) I was going to say like he did that and then he actually accidentally pressed the wrong button and went to make a phone call. Like no 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 I want to taunt. (laughs) Who am I ringing? 
Yeah, instead of pressing taunt, he pressed the triangle, which, which interacts yeah. with the scenery. It comes up, Steve Austin wins. He's just in the phone booth doing nothing. You're like, no, that's rubbish. <laughs> and, oh, it's all right, the replay would have caught it. No, the replay just shows Steve Austin walking into the phone box and picking up the phone. Oh, I didn't even catch the finish. You got the achievement. Oh, what achievement again? Pressing the wrong button at the wrong time. Oh, shut up, Steam. <laughs> I meant to do that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this match? I thought it was fun. It kind of felt like two general and this is how deep the in comparison to the women's division how deep the hardcore division is because this felt like two generations of hardcore champions colliding because you had road mm. dog who in, who in 1999 was sort of there at the beginning of the hardcore division he was sort of the one that instigated the brawls around the ring around the arena along with al snow and hardcore holly later on and then you had Steve Blackman, who's revolutionized the division again with his weapons and making it less about the walk and brawl and more about using unique weaponry in the ring to, to cause damage. So I like the fact that it was two, um, two different versions of hardcore champions. Uh, I liked seeing the kids dressed as right to censor in the crowd. Oh, I didn't see that. There's was, there was some kids dressed as right to censor, so that's, catch, <laughs> that's catching on, which is good to see. Kids uh, are dressing up as right to censor? Yeah, I, you'll see that a little bit more <laughs> as well. They'll, uh, you'll see more kids turning up in white shirts and uh, ties, white shirts and black ties. <laughs> and I just put, oh my God, that chair shot. It would not be allowed in 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nasty one, isn't it? Nasty bloody one. It certainly is. Good match, though. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. the little walk around brawly nonsense. Yeah, it's good. Good time. And then Austin came and ruined it. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Trish Stratus goes to see Kane. Oh, what do you <laughs> want? Trish Slagus, what are you doing here? <laughs> what great big boulders you have, Trish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make your bed rock. I'll make your bed out of rock. Oh, no, I've got it wrong. No, no, that's oh, not no. right, is it? So but it probably is right, because they probably did sleep on rock. <laughs> but I'm now tied into making a bed for Trish. Trish is just looking awkwardly as, as Kane continues to talk to himself. And he's like, why, why are you doing Flintstones puns? Anyway. Because on the hit... podcast in the future, they're talking oh, about Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, that just came out the other day. Yeah, but it's in the for them, it's the past. So they're making jokes. Who are? Tom and Matthew. Who's, who's, who's Tom and Matthew? Deb. Matthew takes all the bits where you fall over and makes money off it. <laughs> Except when YouTube doesn't like him. What's YouTube? Oh, it's, a, it's like a channel in the future. <laughs> Is it like WF.com? No, it's not as good. <laughs> That's what happened. I, I like think the best thing Colonel XB's ever done was animate that. <laughs> yeah. That insane out there existential crisis you gave Kane one time. <laughs> and then Colonel XB animated it. And Colonel XB's even saying in the comments, like, what are people thinking if they haven't listened to the podcast and are just discovering this? Like, what what is this? <laughs> Remember that episode of SmackDown where Kane broke down? <laughs> Do you know my wife Linda? Who's Linda? No, um, she's my wife. <laughs> We're married. No, that's Linda McMahon. You're not married. <laughs> yeah, why do people think of it like that? Why are Kane and Linda together? <laughs> Do you, know, do, you know, do you know what I mean? Why? No, no, I'm imagining people like clicking oh. on Colonel XP and going, why are Kane and, Kane and Linda McMahon? Doesn't, 
Well, luckily, he shares the picture at the beginning of That's Gotta Be Kane. Yeah, he does. explains it all. The picture that inspired this whole thing. Matthew, uh, Matthew, Matt McMuscles was here for that <laughs> eventful day, and I'm sure he, oh, yeah. <laughs> he recalls it with joy, with deep joy. Like, what yeah. a wasted two hours of his life. <laughs> yeah, it went. Kane and Linda are together. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, Trish is trying to chat up Kane. That's right. She hits on him so he can be in the six-man match tonight. Kane, hi. What? <laughs> Sorry to bother you, Kane. Um, you see, earlier tonight, Commissioner Foley made a six-man tag match with my boys, Tess and Albert, and a partner who, of whomever we choose. So, naturally, I chose you. Because, Kane, there's nobody that's bigger, nobody that's stronger, and nobody that I'd rather have on my team than you. So what do you say, Kane? You want to hook up? First of all, Trish... Your mammary glands don't impress me. And second of all, I have no interest in hooking up with your boys tonight or any night. Did I mention they'd be taking on Tuku and Rikishi? I mean, after what happened between you and Rikishi last Monday night, I thought maybe you'd want to get some revenge. I mean, I don't want to gossip or anything, but a lot of people backstage are saying that Rikishi kind of manhandled you. And I mean, if you don't mind getting beat up in the middle of the ring, I, I guess... Trish, don't think that I don't see what you're trying to do. But as far as your PC goes, don't worry. I'll finish what I started Monday night, and I'll take Rikishi out. So Kane's gonna team with TNA against Too Cool and Rikishi tonight? Every glance. I like how he's like, don't like your boobs, girls. Also, uh, no test. Uh, icky. Icky test. And then he, and then Kane He's got falls. the cooties. <laughs> I'm not playing with test. Last time I played with <laughs> test, I beat him on Mario Kart on Rainbow Road, and he kicked right off. Little he bitch. Understand. He couldn't get over the fact that someone beat Mario Speedway. <laughs> he keeps playing as Bowser. I don't know what he's expecting. <laughs> Every time we boot it up, he says, I'll play as Diddy Kong. It's not even that funny, a bloody joke. Diddy Kong's not even in it. Yeah. It's Diddy Kong racing. I keep on advising that Bowser has the slowest speed but the best acceleration and whenever I remind him this he goes mom and then I have to go sit outside <laughs> mom Kane's beat ass <laughs> don't swear mom. honey Kane said bum right Kane get out of my house <laughs> can I play pinball frenzy on the driveway please <laughs> yes you can There's a drags out the entire desktop <laughs> <laughs> Cable, cables coming out of the wall <laughs> scraping the desk along the hard pavement <laughs> he's singing the, the cane themes <laughs> put the extension cable through the window <laughs> smash there we go oh smash that's a good idea I want to be I want to be Falco. He's not in it, Kane. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll be Captain Olimar. <laughs> That's got to be Olimar. I like, <laughs> I like Pikmin. It's not been invented yet, Kane. What? Oh, God. Come back in a few years. Tessa's like, I love Pikmin. That's the one where you have to kill all the plants, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at that. 
I never get past level one, though. So <laughs> just keeps on looping. It's not great value for money, I've got to say. <laughs> Tristratus then reminds him Rikishi <laughs> will be in the match and that they're feuding. And Kane touches her nose and goes, boop. Uh, and goes, I'll be there because Rikishi's there. And um, I'm going to agree to what you just said, Trish, but I want you to know it because I said that it was okay. You haven't done anything. And Trish is like, all right. It's it's such a great it's such a great trope in it. No, you can't win me over with your womanly ways. I will not team with your stupid hand puppet test. <laughs> oh, fine then. I guess you don't want to beat up Rokishi. What? <laughs> Get me in the match. It's, it's such a trope of wrestling, of and of entertainment, and I'm happy to see it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can do or say to make me team up with you. Absolutely nothing. Folds his arms. No, Rikish is in the match. I have decided. <laughs> Cut to test Albert and Kane. <laughs> right, so how are we going to do this match, lads? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, this brings us... Uh, it's Taz. <laughs> yeah, still... I put that in my notes. It's Yay. Taz! Who is still inexplicably feuding with Cherry Lawler. Or as he calls him, Lawler. Lawler. And this goes into the other news that we didn't actually talk about on the intro. Sunday Night Heat. This Sunday, Taz will be commentating with Michael Cole. And by the way, get used to the Sunday Night Heat talk because if they just made their brand new deal with MTV, so it's a brand new show. Ooh, let me tell you. Uh, but for now, Taz lets everyone know that he respects Michael Cole and he feels sorry that Cole has to be next to Lawler. And he calls himself and Cole the A team. Hard to disagree with that, to be honest with you. Wait, just you wait a few years. That would be true. Uh-huh. The cold Taz team. Taz introduces Raven, who is handsome. And Raven says he's with Taz because he knows about suffering. Oh, so Raven's been watching Taz's booking on SmackDown. I see. <laughs> then inexplicably, Lawler gets the mic and says, yeah, you're the A-team, all right, because you look... Like the illegitimate retarded son of Mr. T. There's a lot going on there. Number one is the fact that like the A-team comment was like five minutes prior to this. I think all of Mr.'s Q. Uh, the other thing is that wasn't censored, but ass was. <laughs> so and often, the other thing was they're all acting like Taz is black. Uh, and do, I think I've mentioned this, but I'm not sure because I told everybody else. Uh, we read Sabu's book on stream. And there's a bit where Sabu's the TV champion in ECW and he uh, is asked, can you lose to J.T. Smith? And he goes, no, J.T. Smith's rubbish. I'm not <laughs> losing to him. And he goes, I'll lose to someone else, though. How about Taz? He goes, yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> I'll lose to Taz. And so J.T. Smith comes up to him later on, though, backstage, he goes, is the reason you didn't want to lose to me? Because I'm black. And Sabu in his book goes, no, I lost to Taz and he's black. <laughs> and J.T. Smith goes, oh, yeah, that's a fair point. And it doesn't say in the book that, by the way, Taz isn't black uh, or that J.T. Smith and Sabu realised that he wasn't. So I just felt like sharing that story. So people know that Taz isn't actually black, right? He's just very Italian, as own words. <laughs> well, now, well, if you didn't know before, now you know. I thought he was from London. Anyway. I, thought he was a, I thought he was a Cockney. Oh, Cockney Taz. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look at you remembering the events of four episodes ago. <laughs> that's that's long term booking. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Anyway, Lawler wants to know if the bag lady knows Raven has her clothes. What's a bag lady? I don't know. Is that the lady who works at Little? I don't. Get lady it. that carries bags. <laughs> a lady who carries bags. <laughs> Is it not, not meant to be like a homeless person? Is it not bag late? Is it like a? I was like a nice term for a homeless. Nice person. term for right. a homeless person, maybe. Right, good one, Lola. Uh, Raven rants about the middle class and their money and their two car garages and their hot dogs and their popcorn and their Mario Kart and then, <laughs> what about me? What about Raven? And the crowd does the catchphrase with Raven. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, good times though. Chris Jericho is here to beat you, Raven you, you, like you, it's Halloween Havoc line, 98. There's a oh, line there that he says. Like, we're like, okay, the whole what about me, what about Raven thing is it's like, I never had this, I never had that. And he goes, I never got a hot dog. You see, King, it's typical of you and your ilk. You and your psychophanic revelers with their fancy clothes and their middle-class suburbia with their two-car garage, white picket fences, 2.3 kids, a dog, their hot pretzels and Diet Coke to make fun of people like Taz and myself from the lower class. Make fun of people like us who live in squalor and poverty. What about me? What about Raven? What about it? You don't know what it's like to watch your parents beg for change. You don't know what it's like to live in a box. I never got a hot dog. What about me? What about Raven? <laughs> When was a hot dog a sign of, of class elevation? Well, if you uh, find I, one, one in an arena, it is. <laughs> oh, look at you, Lardy Dad, buying a hot dog in an arena. <laughs> Somebody's doing all right. Yeah. Oh, a garage. Somebody's <laughs> doing it. <laughs> what do you call it? A car hold. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it? The place where I sleep. Oh. <laughs> uh. Jericho says he's been attacked by nunchucks and had tables broken over him these past few weeks, but those moments still were not as painful as listening to you two talk. What about Raven? Yeah, what about Raven? Also, what about the plight of the African aardvark? <laughs> Raven says, yeah, they could potentially wrestle in the tiger match, but, and then Taz grabs a mic and says, yeah, let's do it! <laughs> and then they run away like bitches. Because <laughs> that match is not next; it's later on. It's later on tonight. I yes. liked all this. I liked. Uh, I liked Taz on. Uh, Taz is so good at commentary that he's now basically he's he's uh, he's been hoisted by his own petard because this is now his life as as a commentator. <laughs> it's, it begins here. Um, Raven, <clears throat> Raven coming out wearing a Punisher T-shirt. Oh yeah, you always like the comics. But in 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 this day and age. Could you imagine such a thing? I know it seems really like a weird thing to say, but whenever anybody arrive, debut, it's become a, almost like a, a, a meme for AEW. When people debut T-shirt, can I have your own T-shirt? You're, you're wearing your own merch immediately. The idea of Raven like debuting now, if a young Raven debuted now, he'd be out wearing a t- in a T-shirt that said, what about Raven? It, that would be immediately the case. But I like the fact that he's just out in a Punisher T-shirt. Um... He says King is a regular Henny Youngman, who was a comedian from the 50s. And yes. had anybody else said that, <laughs> I'd have gone, oh, is Vince writing the scripts again? But I feel like that's a very Raven thing to say. 
it felt very natural coming out of Raven's mouth. It didn't feel like Vince had written it for him. Um, I like Raven and Taz as a team. I like them as a team a lot. And Jerry Lawler says that he's never encountered Raven before. Did they not cross paths in EC Dub in 97? Because no. Lawler turned up at the end. It might have been because Lawler turned up at the end of Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. But it was like the post-match thing. To yeah, so the lights went out and then Raven was yeah. gone and Jerry Lawler was there. So maybe they li- they literally missed each other by seconds. Yeah, they literally haven't been together, which mm. is fair enough. Raven and yeah, him saying Henny Youngman cool. is fantastic to bring up Henny Youngman because it's like, yeah, exactly. a lot of the lines that Lawler and Cornette have had over the years are from the Henny Youngman joke book, which I've heard many, <laughs> referenced many a times by really old comedians. But yeah, this is, he like, is he like an American Bob Monkhouse? In terms of his, in terms of like sort of joke jokery, because Bob you know Monkhouse is a legendary British comedian who has this joke book just full of gags that people still reel off to this day. I don't know whether Henny Youngman is cut from the same sort of cloth. I don't know, but there is the Henny Youngman joke book, which is what I know most for. Which again, a lot of lines that Cornette and uh, Lola would say, like, oh no, like. It takes it takes Raven an hour and a half to watch sixty minutes. You know, all these type of little jokes yeah. and one liners are from the Henningman joke book. So he's so low he could wear a hat <laughs> and, and, and uh, limbo underneath a snake without knocking it off. I'm gonna look up the Henny Youngman joke book. Henny Youngman joke book. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's called Take My Wife, Please. The Henny Youngman joke book. Collection. Yeah, there we go. Ah, oh, excellent. Yeah, so there's just that that old school of old school, the ancient school, the school that they had to knock down to make the old school of jokes. Henny Youngrock. Oh god, no! <laughs> They're so young. The Flintstones are telling those gags. They're so old. Barney Rubble read that book. <laughs> oh, Henny, Henny Youngman was asking about you the other day. Oh, oh, how's he doing? Hey, Fred. Uh, hey, Fred. He's a sprightly fifty-five years old. Henny Youngman was asking about you. Okay, sure thing, Barney. Not quite yet, Rubble. <laughs> I'll make myself laugh. It's the best thing to do, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Raven and Taz as a team, I like. I like them as a team. Yeah, yeah, I like. I wish we got to see them more as a team. Because there's yeah. a nice little chemistry between them. Yeah, I like that Taz is getting slowly and slowly more silly mm. and comedic. Because they're going, you know what? We like that. You're not going to be serious. Might as well be comedy. And by the way, Sunday, excuse me, Sunday Night Heat teams up with MTV. Celebrity. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Is that right? You okay? Celebrity. Sorry. Um, my Huel is coming up to say hello. <laughs> MTV, Huel burps, celebrities, Austin, Taz. It's still the C Show. <laughs> anyway, too cold. Oh, God. Sorry, I'll be able to speak. In a... You know what? I'm just going to drink something. Have a little drink. We'll do the advert bumper here. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Welcome back. <laughs> Too cool and Rikishi head out to take on Kane and TNA, aka our dream team for jokes that go absolutely nowhere. So yeah, Kane and Rikishi are now feuding as Kishi goes very slowly heel after that Banzai drop on Sunday to China, which isn't mentioned. Fair enough. TNA destroy too small as the crowd chants, we want Kane, we want Kane. Obviously big fans of the podcast. This goes on a while while TNA ignore Kane and the commentators ignore the match and plug Playboy. More on that later. Rikishi eventually tags in and lands the ass on Albert. And then Albert takes the worm and tags in the cane. Rikishi gives Kane a Samoan drop like it was nothing, which I thought was very impressive. But then, dumb, dumb test, tags himself in, so <laughs> Kane doesn't like that. Chokeslams test and leaves. Great chokeslam. Uh, it really was, uh, which is understandable because it's test. Rikishi then Banzai drops test. And I'm surprised Rikishi's ass wanted anything to do with Test at this point. <laughs> and then subtle heel Rikishi dances with two cool and their friends, the hoes. Are the hoes somewhat redundant now? Uh, as some a, would as say hoes are never redundant. <laughs> They're freelance. Um, I just it's because obviously the the whole thing was they were there to get back at the Godfather. Too Cool have clearly moved on from the RTC. You know, they had that great payoff match that they weren't in. Um, <laughs> so I just wonder whether the, the placement of Victoria and um, uh, Brian has any real bearing on the Too Cool act these days. It just seems like a weird sort of hangover from that time. Could probably I agree. Without it. But they don't know what else to do with them. So might as well just keep them around. Where do we stand on Turn It Up slash Banging It as oh, theme music? Banging it, banging it, banging, banging it, banging it. it, banging it. it. <laughs> yeah, all the crazy samples are weird. We like could it, do, You could really do it with, like, just st- this Smackdown podcast things. <laughs> do not run around. <laughs> Stuff. <laughs> banging it, banging it, banging it, banging it. <laughs> That's got to be Kane. <laughs> Melinda. <laughs> Jimmy Hart's pasta. <laughs> pasta, 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 pasta. Jimmy Hart's pasta. <laughs> Jimmy Hart's pasta. Jimmy Hart's pasta. Jimmy. I hope you like Flintstones jokes. <laughs> bagging it, bagging it, bagging it. We burn through stuff very quick on this, don't we? It's I, great, though. I love I love getting a joke, making it funny, and then just absolutely wrecking it in the ground, because then it gets even funnier. Like, I was ready for Little Mermaid 2, uh, Pimple Frenzy, <laughs> to be the gag this week, and I think a lot of people were prepped for it, but they've been blindsided by Flintstones Fever Rock Vegas. In fact, yeah, I you have keep been. keep up. <laughs> 
Is there a is there a Flintstones pinball game? Yeah, Flintstones pinball frenzy. Banging it, banging <laughs> it, banging it, banging it. Flintstone. Bossman's milky bug. <laughs> Bossman's chocolate dogs. Bossman's chocolate dogs. Boss Where's Boss my title shot? <laughs> Throws bin. <laughs> We're both feverishly typing Finstone's pinball. Well, there is a pinball arcade machine. Oh, there's a Williams one, it looks like. Mm, oh. There's a beefy one from them. Mm. What if we reach a level of success with this podcast that we get our own pinball machine? <laughs> Would that be something you'd aspire to have? It wasn't until you said so. Now, now, we, now we need John. <laughs> John, get us a pinball deal. John, what would? <laughs> yeah, John, can you get us a deal? On pinball? Yeah, John, do everything for us. John, can you can you design it so we can send it to Williams? And I want to send an email to Williams, unsolicited, just going, "Dear Williams, the pinball people, hear me out, right? <laughs> we do a podcast which we think would make a great mass rolled out pinball experience." Up to five people will appreciate it. Yeah, come on. Don't be get shocked. On, get on with it, Williams. Come on with it. Come on with it. Um, yeah, decent enough six-man tag. Uh, I like Kane in this weird sort of role at the moment. I feel like he's between stations with what Kane is doing. Um, just a, a bad guy. He's a bit more vocal than he used to be. Um, yeah. He's in a funny old place, is Kane. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he always he, he always is post Undertaker feud. He kind of just just bimbles around for a little bit. He's got a thing coming up with with uh, Chris Jericho on oh, the horizon too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, whilst we talk about Kane, um, I had a look at what the last Flintstones video game was released. Uh, it wasn't a pinball machine. It's a it's it's called Bedrock Bowling. So I assumed, oh. Oh, all right, they go bowling then. That makes sense. That's part yeah. of the show. You know, thing when he does his yeah, yeah, it's thing. on brand. Um, it's not a bowling game. It's it, you're in a big rock thing, and you just go down some slopes and have to hit birds and stuff until you go all the way down and hit. It looks crap. Oh, that's an easy win to do a bowling sim. <laughs> How can you mess up a bowling thing with Fred Flintstone? What that's like happened? that's like having Kane and not having him have existential crises. <laughs> yeah, <episode>. exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, up next on family friendly PG only non ass SmackDown behind the scenes on the next issue of Playboy. <laughs> oh boy, boring interviews with the cameraman who explains why they wanted to take photos of China. Woohoo! Be the, still, my beating heart. The reason we shot well, China. Reason. Go on. Is because she's a celebrity. Yeah. That's the quote. See, the thing with Playboy <laughs> is that we take photos of attractive women and put them for people to give us money. China is an attractive woman, so we took photos of her and put her in a magazine. Yeah, that's Norton. pretty much all this bloody well was. Dennis Norton works for Playboy. I knew it. <laughs> I'm a horny old man. Uh, absolutely. My boy Hugh got me a job. What up, G? Huge erection. Absolutely <laughs> nothing happening segment. The PTC were complaining backstage about this for making scantily clad women boring. PTC did nothing wrong. I have one question about this segment. Right. So it's a vignette all about China doing the Playboy shoot. Yes. Inexplicably... Against against the formatting of the show and the production of the show and the style and the aesthetic of SmackDown, it ends with a 
big explosion. <laughs> and for all intents and purposes, because they don't use like explosions as transitions on SmackDown, it just looks like China blows up at the end. <laughs> Watch it back. It's just like a weird, like, I don't know why they decided, I know how we'll end this, an explosion. Whether they knew it was boring. Yeah, exactly. To wake people up. Whether they knew it was boring and they went, we'll just end with an explosion. That'll wake people up again. That must have been what it was. Um, this issue is so boring to read that I'm going to blow up the sec. <laughs> Smackdown. Dennis Norton with a, with a TNT presser. Yeah. Plunger. That's all, folks. <laughs> and we cut to Lola staring maniacally at it, like he's reading uh, Nabokov. <laughs> Lola tag match is next, so he better, you know, sort himself out. And it's sponsored by, and I had to pause here. I know we've gone on a lot of segues <laughs> on this, but Mate, segue, the wait, No wait. Mercy per, uh, Pizza Grill. <laughs> no, the No Mercy Pizza Grill. Yes. Was it called the No Mercy Pizza Grill? It wasn't, but I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> it uh, was it was the Presto Pizza Oven. Oh. Good housekeeping in 2021 still say this is one of the best pizza oven makers in the world. Incidentally, the Presto Pizzazz is out now, and it cooks frozen chicken nuggets as well. Oh. A fun fact, if you're looking to get a pizza oven in your life. Thank you. I You're wasn't, welcome. but I'll think about it now. Uh, also, I was wondering, do you think the French video game community gets confused when people keep on going about uh, no thank you for the N64? <laughs> Why? No Missy. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, all right. Jimmy Art's pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy baby, that's the worst pun I ever heard. Daddy baby, <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> Can I have a copy of No Thank You? Yeah, no thank you, no thank oh. you, please. WWF, no thank you, <laughs> no thank you, no merci, no merci. <laughs> apologies to the apologies to the people listening. Are people listening in France? Would you like me to find out live? I'm no. going to log into uh, our podcast provider. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. I want to see. Oh. I want to see if people are. You carry on talking. And I'll, yeah, so while you I'll do that, I'll recap. I'll check our insights. Uh, oh, we're up decent... 10% in 24 hours. Sorry. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> it's, nice it's, uh, it's it means I can keep my job <laughs> as head of podcast. I like we're telling people who are listening. People are listening. It's reassuring to see these numbers because it means I can stay in a job. You are not alone. That's what we're telling the audience right now. <laughs> It's decent stuff, even if Taz Lawler should be done by now. Raven Lawler ain't great with Raven not looking too on. I guess he's getting adjusted to uh, WWE style. And then Jericho locking Raven into the walls. But here's that diddler X-Pac to cost Jericho the match, because of course he did. And then the Dudleys chase off the other ECW dudes after the match, because ECW, ECW. And uh, yeah, a weird debut for the SmackDown team of Raven and Taz. But... I'm all right with it, because it's just cool to see Raven. It's very cool to see Raven. Um, in the last twenty, in the last seven days, sorry, sorry, the last, no, sorry, in the last thirty days, um, just looking at our stats, uh, one thousand forty-eight downloads from France. What? 
<laughs> well, I'm um, sure that number will decrease after they've just heard my comments. The majority of which are in Lyon. And one... Lyon? One there must is... be professionals then. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We've just got the one in Parleromilly. Uh, Parleromilly. Are there any in Nice? Any in Nice? Let me have a look. In nice. That would be nice. Hey! Can't see any in Nice, I'm afraid. Ah, oh, to hell with them. I've never liked Four them. in Montpellier. This is amazing. Oh. Yeah, this is nice. I should I find I'm gonna I know I know we have serious SmackDown business to talk about. I wanna find some I wanna find somewhere with the lowest number of downloads for our podcast. So I'm just going through <laughs> the list now. We have no listeners in, no listeners on Christmas Island, no listeners in American Samoa. Very sorry about that. No one's listening in Senegal. Um Greenland no. Cuba no. Bolivia <laughs> this no. Is one. One Alaskan listen to us. We have one in Oman. Oman? One in Muscat. If you are the one listener in Muscat, hello, get in touch. If you're the one listener in Muscat, thank you. Uh, One in Guinea. And one in El Salvador. Fly to El Salvador. I don't know why and I don't know what for. That's awesome. (laughs) Ah, it's good, isn't it? I like this. Muscat and Oman. Any other countries you want to shout up? Um, any New Zealand? Any New Zealand? Let's have a look. Oh yes, uh, we have uh, one thousand five hundred and fifty-four in New Zealand. Good God! It's nice, isn't it? I feel Almost. no. I don't like being reminded there's an audience. Just <laughs> shut my eyes, and there's no one there. To be fair, I can't for, read the forty-one percent of our audience is in the UK. That explains a lot. Which is which is excellent. So I'm very thank you for being. So you have to check out. Wait, wait, is it? I'll have to check out, like, World News next time we do this, you know. And in uh, the UK, <laughs> Anne Robertson has another facelift. And in Oman, um, Anne Robertson's tour is scheduled there for next week, right after oh. her face wears off. I mean, we can we, we can keep up with that sort of thing. I, I think it's only right to. <laughs> yeah. we, can do, um, we can do news on um, different countries, depending, <laughs> depending if there's a call for it. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully it won't be like to start because I've got the, the page of stuff that's happened in the year 2000 broken down. And like that's like, in February, the Queen has a, uh, a an anniversary of something. Uh, there's a new Blackadder. And Augustus Pinochet is in prison <laughs> for war crimes. Like, mm, okay. Well, if, if you could um, if you could find out what's happening next week for the, uh, the, what, the two people who have downloaded in Gibraltar, that would be great. It's an easy Flintstones character to do a pun on, really, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Gibraltar Stone. <laughs> I'm such an ass. I'm such an ass. Smack. Anyway, the the Smackdown. Oh, I can choose episodes. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Anyway, enough of Tom looking at the uh, <laughs> the podcast that we're doing. I realize I can break it down by episode. Rock and Kelly are backstage. Rock asks Kelly, "How how would he feel?" Oh, sorry. I think I missed a bit up there. Kelly asks The Rock, hey, do you know Tom Campbell? He's really nice. And he says, how does it feel tonight to be teaming up with Triple H? And The Rock asks Kelly, how would he feel if he kicked him in the testicles? That's how it feels to team with Triple H. The Rock says, this is the bit where I have to say that I respect you, Triple H. But you know what? I don't respect you. And will never, ever respect you as a person. But I'll tell you what, I do respect your ability. So The Rock's going to tell you this. Here is The Rock's hand. Tag it in, and that's all you need to do. 
Just let me tag in. I'll come in and kick ass. Kelly got off lightly here. <laughs> One person in Belarus downloaded our Unforgiven oh, Watch Along. <laughs> All right, enough. Well, here comes Stephen Richards with a big red red circle, like, enough talking about the countries. <laughs> Go back to segues about the pinball machines. <laughs> fine, uh, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> uh, Kevin Kelly and The Rock had, a, had an altercation this week in the wrestling news. So, um, what? Ke- Kevin Kelly has been doing some stuff for ECWA. On the on the old sly, oh, he's a right, heel yeah. in ECWA, yes. And um, he was set to team with the Haas brothers as the Connecticut Connection, which is going to get you booed in ECWA. Uh-huh. And um, he was trying to get out of the match, and then just before the the match, he was he was trying to get out of wrestling. Uh, the video screen lit up, and The Rock appeared on the screen, telling Kevin Kelly to get his ass in the ring and wrestle. How cool would that have been at an ECWA oh. show in two thousand? <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Is that great? Kevin that happened Kelly, this week. Sure of a wrestle. Oh my god! Did you see that? The Rock appeared in a video. But yeah, you're right. That would be cool. But you, but you know what? If I was ECWA, I'd be putting The Rock in the alumni section immediately. Exactly. <laughs> Put the title on a video of The Rock. <laughs> the Rock turns up. <laughs> the best of The Rock turning up in ECWA. Algorithm pleased. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And the people in Gibraltar loved it. Oh, no, damn it, I'm doing it. <laughs> damn it, it's spreading. Anyway, China is here with her gun and future husband. Both the same Wait, hang thing. on. The way I've typed that, it sounds like the same. Yeah. <laughs> China married a gun. I'll say China married a gun. Hang on. Eddie Guerrero is there who proposed to China. There we go. That's a much better. <laughs> that would have not got a good rating in a GCSE class. <laughs> anyway, China is here to take on Stephen Richards, who was still trying to censor the Playboy magazine thing. No, you know, even, the, even the RTC right now are like, no, you'd better not go out and buy the Playboy magazine out in newsstands next week at the price of $5. And blah, blah. You better not go out and buy it. And the crowd are like, ha ha, we're going to do the opposite to what you're doing. And Stephen's like, no, stop. <laughs> Please no. don't. No. Please come back. Yeah. <laughs> On Raw, China panted, that's what I've written here, Stephen, to show him a thing or two, I guess. And some of Stephen was censored in the replay, but not all of it. And I'm trying to figure out, was that some sort of ironic thing? I realized they were censoring PTC or RTC. Or maybe his Jacobs came out. I don't know. <laughs> Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, Lola rants about people trying to censor them uh, and goes off on these one, definitely not being a hand puppet for Vince McMahon bits about what you think people should be able to decide what, when and when they watch. Especially Channel 4 and Andy Peters, who have cruelly thrown us off after less than a year. Uh, and of course, Lola doesn't like the uh, RTC. They're trying to protect children. Stephen bounces around for China until she strips down to her bare necessities. And pin Stevie Richards whilst in the nip. <laughs> Hell of a visual. And uh, not much else to say here, Tom, unless you've got anything for us. Um, really fun match. Stevie Richards bumping like a pro. Yeah. I think he bounced around everywhere for it. I thought I thought Richards played his role perfectly here. This was nice. Yeah. Nice little nice little fun match, this. Yeah. I realised Stephen when he got his Jacobs out, she said, I'll show you. You'll see them. <laughs> Every time he calls him Jacobs, it makes me makes me laugh. 
Because it's going to be our one listener in Bolivia who's going to go. <laughs> why are you calling oh, God, him? Why are you calling him Jacobs? <laughs> were they the Was they the Hass brothers? Was that their name when they went to SmackDown? <laughs> Jacob. Why were they hiding in his pants? <laughs> the Jacobs. You paint a pretty picture, Matthew. <laughs> William Regal makes his SmackDown TV debut. Oh wait, no. At least his uh, not. Man's man thing. This is a proper version of Wing. No, this Eagle. is his SmackDown debut. Because bear in mind sure. the real man's oh, man was never on SmackDown because oh. he was he was long gone from the company. Oh, two seconds. There's someone at the door. I think oh, it's me post. Two somebody seconds. at the door. Oh, sorry, just my huel. Ah, look at it, you. It's always good when you're midway doing a podcast and you you dressed like. Someone doing a podcast, so it's like, <laughs> hello. Yeah, but no one cares now. I think there's people just... Everybody's, so used to everybody's working from home now. It's oh, fine. someone's dressed like Neil from The Young Ones. Fantastic. Hey, yeah. the other, so, so we think we might have had a parcel stolen during the recording of this podcast a few weeks ago because the, the doorbell rang when we were uh-huh. recording and I said, oh, just leave it in the foyer. I'll come down to collect it. And it wasn't there. We think somebody during the podcast stole a parcel from us. That's oh, shocking. Did Livid. they take a photo of it? Because I think more more people. No, they they that, they just so. claimed it had been delivered because um, I've, we're in the process of, of chasing it up and getting it sorted. Um, but because I think technically because I'd rang the doorbell and let them in, that kind of counts as that kind of counts as an acknowledgement, I guess. Should have really. I sat. would. I would chase it up. Oh no, we're on it. Don't worry. We're we're yeah. you know, we're, we're scorching the earth at the post office at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we're scorching the earth. <laughs> it's fine. It's 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 sorted. It's getting sorted. It's all good. Just thought I'd share that because it happened. I remember because it buzzed during us recording. Remember it happening? Hmm. I don't know if I left it in. Sometimes I leave admin like that in. Like I've left that in. But sometimes <laughs> I leave I leave admin stuff in. I don't know if I left in that particular doorbell rang. True story. Mick Foley hanging out with William Regal. True story. True story. <laughs> it's a true story. No, that really happened. It's yeah, really I know bad. it did. That really happened. <laughs> no, 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 really, it happened. Would I lie to you? <laughs> um, so Regal is here. Regal, yeah, here we go. First time yeah. on SmackDown ever because he wasn't have been real man's man. He's done some stuff. He's done some dark stuff on SmackDown. Not, not, not no, a bit like. Say, not, there's plenty of dark stuff. You're his book. <laughs> oh my god, I have. I, 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 I remember when I was living. I was living in Shrewsbury when I when I bought Stephen Regal's book. Oh great! And, How many listeners do we have from there? Oh, I'll check. Oh, shut up. Let me check. No, I was joking, Tom. I'm joking. I, I, I'm, I'm not. Sorry. I'm not che- I'm not joking. I'm checking. Oh. So, for the. 455 listing in Shrewsbury. Uh, I was at the Hole in the Wall pub where I had my dinner, had a couple of pints and read Regal's book. It was a lovely evening. I quite like my own company sometimes because nobody else does because <laughs> I do shit like this. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. No, that's not true, Thanks, Tom. Mate. Uh, Thanks, appreciate that. Appreciate I didn't miss my that. cue. Appreciate that. Thank you, mate. Go Thank on. You. Um, yeah, so I have read his book. It's a wonderful book, and it's a very dark book. But no, he's done dark match stuff. Like, he's done promos and stuff to the live crowd at SmackDown. But this is the first time he's been on TV on an episode of SmackDown, and he was very, very good. 
Oh, it certainly is. Uh, I remember seeing him and going, "Wait, that that's Regal from from WCW." I remember thinking, "Is it? Is it though?" Because he was massive, like body size in WCW during the period I was watching him in '99, early 2000s. It really just, even my own admission in his book, it just became fat. <laughs> Stopped working out really. It just became just a giant. And with a suit on next to Foley, he's like, has he just been in a hot wash? <laughs> he's trimmed down nice. He certainly has. And Ooh. I was looking for famous people uh, in from Shrewsbury to do the Charles Jimmy Darwin. Hart pasta joke. Oh, there we go. The Charles Darwin pasta. How was that when you were reading? Oh, well, it's gone, Matthew. It's gone. You you fumbled it. The touchdown line. Hey, do you um, do you need to evacuate the building? Because I can hear it. Oh alarm. no, sorry. It's it's a Wednesday. They always do the chests around this time. They do the chests. <laughs> I said chested. I'm sorry, but I can tell where my brain is at right now. No, it's Perry Sutton making his. Oh damn it! <laughs> Perry Sutton. That'd be perfect. Well, they like usually you, just go. I feel for like I need to send you an Anderson shelter. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, hey. Like for that. <laughs> that was that was one of those. No, no, that's cool. Everything's a, uh, everything's a, uh, run. Have <laughs> run. Hey, William Regal makes a SmackDown debut. Starts talking to Foley and says, "I'm I'm supposed to be the bloody goodwill ambassador here for WWF." Bloody Austin bastard. assaulted me on Raw after I quoted Hamlet. Which fully goes, ah, there's your problem. Austin can't relate to the bourgeois themes in Hamlet. You should have gone with Henry VIII. <laughs> Fan fantastic as someone who's um, seen productions of Hamlet. I'm like, yeah, okay, Foley. That was that's, that's okay. A very good yeah. line, that. Yeah. I like the idea of Steve Austin in Hamlet, like Arnie, the last action hero. <laughs> to be or not to be. To be. <laughs> <laughs> explosion like the end of China and Playboy. If you think Stone Cold should be not to be, give me a hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. If you think it's nobler in the mind to suffer swings <laughs> and arrows, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. Drink the Steve Alas, water. Alas, Pearl Yorick, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> DTA, Yorick. DTA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Christ! I got. I got to try to remember the name. <laughs> um, hang on. Is it gonna be worth it? Oh no! Is it gonna be worth it? Is it gonna be worth it? <laughs> so how many listeners do we have in Hamlet? Uh, all of them. <laughs> um, hang on. This is gonna be a good joke. This is gonna Come be on. a great joke. No pressure. Um. This is going to be a really, really good joke. I just need to make sure that I've got. You will the name. be king of the ring, Austin. <laughs> it's Macbeth, but whatever. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't think I can do the joke. Oh, that's a shame. It didn't. I, I was hoping. Oh, actually, I can. I can. DTA, don't trust Antonio. <laughs> there we go. There's the wait. Here's the smattering of applause. Oh, I get that. Clappy, clappy, clap. William Regal says people are saying Mick Foley's a joke, and Foley says, "What? They're saying that about me? I take exception to that." And he leaves. Which people? Well, I don't know. Chris Benoit in the opening segment. You nugget. <laughs> said it right to your face. Anyway, 
Maybe he said in his ear that it wasn't working at the time. So Mick Foley does not take kindly to that. And he heads to the ring. While he's heading to the ring, Smackdown, your vote. Stephanie McMahon orders you, pleb, to go out and <laughs> register your vote to help the elections. Now, with 30% less attempts at getting the candidates to appear on WWF TV. But it is featured right at the end. Ugh. <laughs> so bad. It's really bad. It's re I'm ready for the, the election to be done so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mick Foley appears with a chair to sit down and watch Al Snow, European champion, repping France. Oh, one episode of Bring That Up after all the French discussion. Oh, look at this! Look at this! To all and the he's here. He's here with a small dog, a baguette, a moustache, French fries, and a photo of Pepe Le Pew. And a dog. And a dog. A, a, I mentioned the small dog. Le Chien. Le Chien. Say. Small dog, I believe, belonged to somebody backstage. They took it off him just as he was getting into the ring. So, bless that little doggo. Have yes. a lovely time. Oui, oui. Uh, and he takes... <laughs> Not he's merci. Take, he's take, I know, I've already done the joke. Still waiting, damn it. He takes on X-Pac uh, crowd. Viva le boo! <laughs> thank you, thank you. Not much happens until Austin's music hits and he attacks X. Sorry, that was me jumping my Tom the just falls over from the shock of Austin making yet another appearance. Yay! Are you all right, Tom? Yeah, I'm fine. Drop me a bottle of water. That was all. I'm fine. I'm upright. I have the mental image of Tom just passing out for no reason. <laughs> no, hey, look, if I did pass out during the podcast, I'd leave it in. Oh, good. No, please. If it happens to me as well, please do. Oh, yeah. Uh, not much happens uh, until the fire alarm goes off and Matthew has to leave this floor. <laughs> And then he attacks X-Pac by coming in through the crowd, averting Kamish Foley. Al then takes one because he stood there going, I'm Al Snow. <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> oh, and the referee takes one too. He doesn't even speak French, but he takes a stunner. Foley does absolutely nothing. Boy, Foley, you sure proved Regal and Benoit wrong. <laughs> what did you think of uh I don't Le Le mind. I don't Okay, Al Snow as a Frenchman is wonderful. Um, <laughs> so like Taz then. Oh, French tickler, French tickler, I'm a Frenchman. Um, I'm a Frenchman, I tickle French people. Taz's best call. We've got a couple more years for that. Um, I like Al Snow dressed French. The European cha Championship stuff is wonderful. May it never end. I don't mind Austin being a dick and attacking people. I, I kind of wish... I kind of wish we doubled down on this and we get a show where it's just Austin ending every match with stunners. I kind of wish... But we did that. It was called the years 1998 <laughs> oh, to 1999. Yeah. Oh, but one more time. Once more we're feeling. Um, I, I quite liked it. I like Austin just being a dick and just running roughshod and, and Foley can't control him. I'll be honest with you. As a kid, I was, was like, uh, I'm not really digging this whole Austin's just grumpy about his whole getting hit by a car thing. <laughs> because he'd been away for so long. I'm like, oh, whatever. I was like, it's like a year ago. Who cares? Just get over it, you numpty. <laughs> um, so I was just like, ah, oh, he's just coming in. He's wrecking stuff. He's attacking people like Al Snow and Road Dog, who said they didn't do anything. So they wouldn't lie to Austin. <laughs> So I wasn't really that raving about Austin during this period. Oh, I don't think many times. Maybe that'll be, you know, we'll find out that I was completely untrue at that point. But I thought The Rock had blown him away. And Austin was old news. So. Yeah. 
I, I think The Rock, Rock stood head and shoulders above Austin at this point. But it was nice to see Austin back. Austin kind of ran the risk here of being, a, a, as time would go on, a bit of a round peg in a square hole. Because mm. like it was, it was now like this. The show had grown without him, and there was that thing of like, does he really fit what this is now? Mm. Um, so the heel turn and everything else that comes next year kind of was well timed because I think had none of that happened, Austin would have been a strange fit. I think I would you would have seen Austin probably move down the card a little bit, maybe. Um, but I think because the whilst it's still very attitude era, very smash and grab, there is a bit more of a lean towards sort of developing younger guys. And I don't know how Austin would have fitted in had the invasion and the heel turn not come along. Yeah, you know? it's an interesting thought. Yeah, it just sound, it felt like yeah. it felt like like a, a son moving back home. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like well, we all and then being annoyed when everybody's going out. And uh, I think they did an episode of Home Improvement where that happened, where the where the older son moved back home and everyone's just sort of doing their own thing, going out, seeing their own friends. He's like, where's everybody? He's like, well, we, we've all got lives. We're yeah. all doing our own thing now. Like, I'm sorry we're not exactly the same as, as it was when you were younger. But yeah. We've all got lives now. Sorry, you're not Chris Claremont and everything's just reset to back how it was last time you were here. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Michael Cole says, what do you think Austin will do on Sunday Night Heat? Bugger all. Yeah. He'll oh, introduce Disturbed. Disturbed is there. He'll introduce oh, Disturbed. Disturbed's going to be there. In that yeah. case, probably nothing. <laughs> Angle and Benoit. In the main event, Timmy against Triple H and The Rock. I've missed a few Triple H segments backstage because he's done his go, I'm the game, I'm the game, I'm the game. <laughs> That's fine. And Test stick his head up and goes, what game are you? He's on shut up, <laughs> Test. Are you Lilac Wars or not? Shut up. There was a sledgehammer at the door. <laughs> Sorry, do you call it Star Fox still? Or are you... Are you, are shut you, up. Are you up a mid-carder simulator? And if so, can I play? <laughs> go back in your cave, Test. <laughs> <laughs> I was nearly champion once, have I told you? Yes, you told us, Test. Yeah. They were going to do a story where I was, I where a title shot was my wedding present. Shut up, test. Still in the salad that, that they always have in the room. Nearly a no thing touches. that happened. Nearly a thing that happened. I could have been a contender. What could have been? He could have been the champ. I wouldn't have been mad. I could have got an achievement on Hades. <laughs> I'm really good at Hades. But the game got game. too hard. <laughs> I'm good at Hades because it's ba- it's a game based on dying lots, and my career's done that already. <laughs> Shut up, test. All right, I'll go. <laughs> like, there's nothing left in the room. It's all been thrown at the door. Yeah, test is a rumble pack. Bugger off. Yeah. I can now go. play 1080 with extra effects. Have you got any batteries? I said, shut up, test. <laughs> Do you want to play it? I'll be Ricky Winterbourne. Throw Stephanie at test. Look, take her. Oh, okay. Hooray, we're married. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're married. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H, how do I marry Steph? Oh, for God's sake. Do I press triangle? <laughs> it said something right. about getting a ring, but I'm not right. very good at Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm going to call all my mates in Gibraltar and they're going to come and kick your head in, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all three of them that listen to this podcast. That's right, Test. <laughs> Angle and Benoit are teaming up against Angley Triple H. Angley Benoit. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Angley Benoit. What would that look like? 
That would be a monster. <laughs> uh, some guys are teaming up tonight against Triple H and The Rock. Triple H with taped ribs heads out by himself so the, cr- <laughs> the crowd could pop when If You Smell kicks in. And I guess we're supposed to cheer Triple H being brave and brave and it, it's not happening, mate. Stop trying to make Triple H face happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not happening. Benoit... Wait, 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 not missed line here. Nice, solid match with a white-hot crowd. God, mm. the Pittsburgh crowd are into this. Uh, with the important bit being Benoit gets the cross face on Triple H and Angle cuts off the rock. So Triple H, with tape ribs and all, still doesn't tap. Of course not. Of course not. And then Benoit argues with Kurt like an idiot. And then he gets pedigreed, but then Angle saves him. The crowd chant for Rocky the entire time Triple H is taking heat. It ain't happening to me. It all breaks down. Triple H twats Benoit with the title belt, allowing Angle to bonk Triple H and help Benoit pin Triple H for 2.9. What a brave Triple H. I hope he tags in the rock soon. <laughs> the people's elbow on Angle as Stephanie saves Triple H from Benoit's chair shot. Then Triple H and Rock take turns bonking Angle and Benoit into the announce table. Stop saying bonking! <laughs> does bonking not have the same meaning in the Northeast that it doesn't? It does. In, it does. I'm say. pretending it doesn't, so it's funny. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. And in return for getting saved from the chair shot, Steph takes the chair from the rock so Angle can pin the champ. Or Triple H on the outside and doesn't see it. Uh oh, spaghettios. <laughs> and the show ends with Kurt Angle bragging about pinning the champ. Kurt Angle is champ, don't be daft. What and Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. Exactly. Stephanie McMahon Helmsley gives, her, gives the thumbs up and clap of approval as the show goes off the air. Hey, turns out there's still more to this bizarre love triangle than that we saw at Unforgiven. An incredible moment to see Kurt Angle pinning the rock. Mm. Knowing what it happened. <laughs> it happened. Knowing where we are going on this wacky adventure. Yeah. So that was the episode. <laughs> that was the episode of SmackDown from that particular period of history. Tom, what was something that you remembered from this week? Uh, I rem from this. I remembered Steve Austin just running roughshod over SmackDown. That's something that stays very strongly in my mind. It's just Steve Austin being an asshole and just going ridiculously over the top and overzealous on SmackDown, beating people up. So this is very much in my wheelhouse for that reason. What about you? I remember Austin doing that, but I think that goes on for a while. So I'll say Regal showing up. Ah, see, I'd forgotten that. And I was like, wait, that's a he's in WCW. He hadn't been there in bloody ages. What's he doing? What's he doing in the impact zone, Maggle? He doesn't work here. <laughs> why, is he, why is he called Willie now? <laughs> I forgot. Um, I forgot about the hardcore match, Road Dog and Blackman. I forgot that little ble- that little belter they had at the, at the top of the show, near the top of the show, with mm. two generations of hardcore champions fighting and the Steve Austin uh, summon by Steve Blackman. <laughs> Summon, yes. Odin appeared in chair shot. Uh, Something that I'd forgotten. uh, (laughs) What Lola said to Taz. Whoa. Oh, where he called him. um, Something. Something something of B.A. Barack of Mr. T. Yes. (laughs) He called him Mr. Lowercase T. Oh, and it was. uh, And and Raven referred to him as a a henny youngman. Youngman, what a what a reference! What a reference! And that is a reference that we end the Cultaholic yeah. Classic SmackDown review on 
for this week. This, there's no episode next week because I am selfishly like a bastard on a week off. Oh, so bastard. I'm not even here, mate. I'm going to a spa. I'm going to let somebody rub me back and I'm going to sit in a, a, a bath of holistic tablets. I don't know. <laughs> just gonna yeah, that's back, how it works. I'm going to come back rejuvenated after having a, a lovely lie down, p- paying a lot of money for it. So <laughs> paying a lot of money for a lie down. That's the plan next week. So I'm not. So no SmackDown review next week. We're back as normal the following week. Math, what have you got coming up in the next seven days? Next 14 days? Well, I have... Oh, I also... Um, I'm having a break. I'm not doing the Twitch stream on Saturday. Hey! Like, as you're listening to this, as I usually do, because it's my mate's uh, birthday. I'm going to get together... And as much as I love doing it, it's I'm I'm gonna say sorry, Coleholic. Can I have this day off? And they've said yes, that's fine. Uh, and I do like doing it, but my God, it's a friend and a birthday, and it's happening in real life again. Mm. I'm so happy. Real Amazing. normal things are happening again. Oh, oh can't we, mate? I'm so happy for yeah. you. So outside of that, and the Coleholic podcast, which is every week, that's what's called the weekly podcast. It's funny that uh, <laughs> I will be doing the pitches. For WrestleMania Backlash. Oh yeah, so that'll be on. That'll be over the weekend. That'll be today or tomorrow. Yeah, you'll, that'll you'll probably be done by now. Um, and all these things to come and more, and plenty of th- stuff with the other cultolic people, Team Pachiti, Ross, and Jack, and Owen. There's enough to get your lips around something. Um, not as tasty as a Jimmy Hart pasta, but almost as tasty. That's the cultolic promise and pledge of allegiance. <laughs> Well, and until we next wrap the on... Stu Hart past... I'm too tough for you, this sticks. Well done. <laughs> next time we wrap our lips around a Booker T-Bone or a Jimmy Hart's pasta. Yeah, until yeah. then, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> we are at Colt Arlick on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. I do hope one of our four listeners in Peru is Paddington Bear's family. Love you. (laughs) Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>